Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Rinse and repeat. Wednesday, finals week in your head-to-head leagues. Finals week. Rumbling along. Yesterday was... I don't know. Actually, not my favorite. Games were not super compelling. Milwaukee-Philly was nice. Milwaukee-Philly was a fun one. And I don't know. I mean, Brooklyn-Detroit was fine. But overall, Chicago-Washington, I didn't feel particularly compelled by that ball game. Lakers-Mavs was ugly. That one was done early. No LeBron, obviously. Although, I mean, we'll go through these games in a minute. Anthony Davis hoping to make his return on Friday... Paul George did make his return last night, so there were a couple of little subplots that we'll get into momentarily. But, as you might recall, we are flipping the way we go through the the episodes right now. It just makes more sense this way. We're going to do streamer guide first, and nightly recap second. Because I want you guys to all know what's going through my head on the stream side as I discuss some of the players that pop up when we go through the actual games with players in them. But first, hi, hello, it's Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Baspers. Thanks a bunch for tuning in, everybody. I continue to be fully and totally blown away at the fact that we are somehow higher now these last couple weeks of the season. Like, the, the fact that listenership is going up here, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Like, you guys don't need to hear it again. I'm just very grateful that all of you guys continue to tune in here, even at the end of the season. Uh, Yeah, love you guys. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And if you have a moment to drop a five-star review on the pod, I don't think we're getting 800 before the season's over, but that's my goal right now. It's a big number. Can't believe we're we're approaching that. I'm going to be hunting 1,000 at some point here in the not-too-distant future. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. Most of you probably already do. If you don't, get Twitter. Follow me. Follow at Ethos Fantasy BK. Ethos Fantasy BK for basketball. I emphasized it to emphasize the B and the K. Ethos Fantasy BK is the news feed for Sports Ethos. Again, I am at Dan Basper. Sportsethos.com is the website of our benevolent overlords streaming. I want to talk streaming with you guys. Today is an overload day. We've been prepping for this for a long time by trying to remove as many games today as humanly possible, which is such a weird thing to think about, sort of that overall, like, what, do you, what how do you prepare for a day by removing games from it? Well, we didn't want to have overflow. Overflow is wasted. If you have guys that you can't get into your lineup on a given Wednesday or Friday or Sunday this week, Wednesday, Sunday, or the two, that's a waste of a game played. And if that guy isn't one of your seven or eight best players, there's no reason for them to be chilling on the bench, not in the playoffs. Regular season, fine. You'll have some overload days. You just sort of swallow them down unless you're, you know, fighting for a playoff spot or fighting for for a first-round buy or something like that. But right now, those guys are all expendable. Bottom five or six players on your team, in my estimation, especially in the finals. First round of the playoffs, it's probably like bottom three or four. Second round, bottom three or four. Finals. Bottom five or six. Those guys are all expendable. If they're not playing on the right day, bye. All that to say, you probably shouldn't make any moves today. 
I understand that there may be some of you out there who are not overloaded today. It's an 11-game card with 22 teams playing. It's probable that, you know, if the 14 guys on your team, you should be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 9 or 10 of them going. Well, what is that? 11 out of 15 is, uh, I don't know, somewhere between, uh, like a little over 70%, I believe. 15 goes into 100 6.67 times. Nah, we're doing this, doing terrible math on the fly. Uh, so 10 out of 15 with 67 with 7, another 6.7 is like 73, 74%. Okay, so three quarters, assuming uh, roughly three quarters your team should be playing. So if you have 14 roster slots, then... Uh, a quarter of that is is three and change, and and three of those gets you to about ten. So about ten of your fourteen guys should be going today. And if you're a little bit unlucky, if you you know if you've been trying to plot for players that have four game weeks, see that's the other thing by the way. And put a pin in the thought I was in the middle of talking about when we're drafting at the beginning of the year. Sometimes you're like, ooh, this player has a four game playoff week. I'm going to target him, but it might be someone who has a four gamer that is all on overload days. It's actually more interesting to target guys who have playoff schedules that are, you know, on the non-days. And I guess we could look that far ahead, but that's really finicky stuff. You don't have no idea who's going to actually make it even through the season. But dialing back to the previous thought, you probably have 10 guys going today. If you have nine, then you didn't need to do a lot of the prep work we were talking about the last couple of days. You could save moves for a little bit later in the week because I would venture to say that everybody is overloaded on Sunday. That's a 12-game card. You're talking, again, 24 out of the 30 teams playing. That's 80% of the NBA. 80% of your 14-slot roster is more than 10. That's all you really need to know. 2.8 out of the 14. 11.2. You should have at least 11 players, on average, going on Sunday. And even if you're under that mark, you're probably still at 10. So Sunday's almost a definite overload day. Wednesday, today, is kind of the probably overload day of the week, and we've been preparing for this by trying to remove any of those extra players. But, lucky for you guys, all the shows we do are two days' worth of streaming, so we're also going to talk about tomorrow, which is actually an important streaming day. Because Thursday, and there's pretty much no way left to add two games to your ledger. I mean, there's a couple of teams like Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, Detroit, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Sixers. Remember, we were talking about some of these teams. These teams still do go three times starting tomorrow, Thursday, but their final game is on Sunday. So there's really no way to add two games by adding one of those guys. Even if they have a three-game week and someone that you're looking at only has one game the rest of the way, odds are that one game is not just on Sunday. In fact, uh, there is no one in the NBA starting on tomorrow, Thursday, where the sole game left is on Sunday. In fact, I think there's only like two or three teams that have just one game, and none of them have that one game on Sunday. So you would actually be giving up a usable game and getting a three-game week, but probably only two of those are ones you could actually use. So starting tomorrow, today actually, starting today, there are no ways left to add two games to your ledger 
if we assume that Sunday doesn't matter if somebody's playing or not, which you kind of have to do. Again, you're probably overloaded. If you're not, you know, ignore a lot of this stuff. You built a very weird team that went on all of the non-powerhouse days this week. That's extremely rare. But as far as Thursday goes, it is still a time where you can add a game to your ledger, which actually becomes more difficult as the week rolls on. You can do it Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, but not Sunday. There is an advantage to adding someone who has more games the rest of the way. Let's say you have a Charlotte Hornet on your team that does only have one game the rest of this week after today, and that's they're in Philadelphia on Saturday. So that's going to be a tough game anyway. You could pivot from a Hornet to, say, a Clipper that goes Thursday, Friday, Sunday, but would you be able to use that guy on Sunday? Probably not. So you're only gaining one game there, but... You're also leaving yourself an opportunity to use an additional move in that roster slot. And if by some terrible fortune, somebody on your team does get hurt on Sunday, it's good to have a backup option. Also, I would argue that here on Thursday, when you can still add a game to your ledger, you're starting to know more about what your competitive games are going to be or categories are going to be and what guys on your team aren't performing right now because we might have had some streamer things that have cropped up this week and the guys are just laying a a fat egg like uh i mean alex russo i get you know he did have three steals in yesterday's game but over the two games this week so far he has five steals that's great but he has five points as well He's averaging two and a half points, four rebounds, three assists, and two and a half steals in his two games so far this week. So maybe it's conceivable that Caruso got you five steals and you're looking at him and going, eh. Now, he's a terrible example because he goes Thursday and Saturday. But let's say that you have someone on your team who doesn't have such a succulent setup. Or, I mean, let's see, who are we talking Like Brooklyn. Brooklyn's an interesting one because they go Thursday and Saturday, but maybe you want to pivot off of them. Here's the thing. The the reasons to drop a streamer right now have to be so intense, and it has to be someone whose schedule isn't that great, which I believe we probably should have taken care of on Tuesday. So Thursday is what I call a maybe streamer day, as in you might have something going on the rest of the week where maybe your team, you're not super thrilled with your team's schedule and maybe you didn't make a move on Tuesday that you were considering that now you could make on Thursday. But it's basically the same teams you were looking at on Tuesday. You've just now lost the opportunity to add two games to your ledger, provided you skipped unloading the overload Wednesday, and now you could only add one. I pretty strongly believe, and I'm, I've looped all the way around, I've given you all these examples of why I don't think it's really that great of an idea, 
to say that the other move you should make this week is Friday or Saturday, depending on what players you have on your team. So an example might be uh, if you have boss, basically someone who goes on Friday but doesn't go on Saturday. That is probably, and I don't care what they do on Sunday, because again, I'm assuming that's an overload day. There's a universe, again, where if a team goes on Thursday and then their other game is on Sunday or something like that, that's another spot you could fill in there. I don't know if any of those teams even exist. There might be one floating around out there. The Warriors are Saturday, Sunday. That's kind of weird. Charlotte's just on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the more you dig here, the more it becomes very obvious that that uh, Saturday is your other moves day. It's not a super shallow card, so make sure you're not rolling into overload. I think it's like a six or seven game card, and uh, we can double check on that as we're working through it. Oh, it's only five, actually. Sorry, I, I, I overestimated there. Saturday is your other day at this point. So it was, and this is why I said unload on moves on, on Tuesday. Just unload. Because Wednesday, it's an overload day. Thursday and Friday, you probably made your moves already that impact those days. You're, the best you can do on Thursday or Friday is adding one game to your ledger, if we assume Sunday is an overload day. So if you're only going to be able to add one game, why not wait and do it on Saturday? Here's your reason not to. Here's your reason not to. I still think if you can wait till Saturday, you should. But if you look at the Saturday card, Charlotte, Philly, Cleveland, New York, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Miami, Char uh, Chicago, and Utah, Golden State. Utah doesn't have very many good streamers. Uh, the Warriors have some. Warriors are okay, I guess. Chicago, you probably already have. Miami's streamers are fine. Atlanta's, it's going to be... You know, fairly injury-dependent. So you you have some options there. And, like, there's a big man you could go with on Charlotte, probably. Uh, New York probably has a wing you could pick up. Brooklyn, I don't know if they'll have anybody you could stream. Maybe Goran Dragic. Atlanta will probably have a wing, or maybe even Okongwu if he's floating around. Miami usually has some kind of useless wings. Useless wings. That's a great idea for a restaurant. And then the Warriors... You know, maybe you could go like a loony if you wanted to go back that direction, which is more of a rebounding specialist. You guys, I think you know where I'm getting at here. The reason you wouldn't make the move on Saturday is if the streaming options just aren't good enough. In such a case, you could look back at Friday, and you have to make sure you're not overloaded there too, because that's actually a 10-game card, meaning, you know, you're probably looking at about eight to nine of your guys going on Friday on average, but that also means that you could very easily have a team that is a little heavier on that day, and you might have all 10. So if you have all 10, you can't do it on Friday. You've got to do it on Saturday. If you have an opening on Friday, there's a reason. You wouldn't know quite as much about exactly what categories you're looking for, but you now have 20 teams to pick from for a streamer that preferably, I guess, would go Friday and Sunday in such a case, because then at least you, 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 know, you have someone that... <laughs> Uh, does anybody go Friday, Saturday, actually, while I'm looking at it? No, nobody goes Friday, Saturday. Okay, so good. That, I was about to catch myself if I missed something obvious there. Nobody goes Friday, Saturday. But if you can get someone that goes Friday, Sunday, that adds a game to your ledger, which, again, I don't even really know how it would in that case. Like, you'd have to have someone who isn't playing Friday or Saturday 
because Sunday doesn't matter. But if you did, I mean, that's that's your way to do it. I think there's maybe like one team in the NBA that doesn't go on those days. And so, again, I don't... Just, just trust me on this. Use them on Saturday. And I'll remind you tomorrow, on Thursday's show, I'll say the same thing. Use your moves on Saturday. This is a circuitous way to get to it. Because I came into this discussion thinking, okay, I think there's a reason to... Like, I was looking through it on, uh, on uh, Tuesday. I was looking through reasons to maybe make a move. And I wanted to kind of have an open mind about it. But the more that I dig in on this stuff, the more I just don't think it's worthwhile. You have to be getting a just a vastly superior player to not add a game. Because two games out of one player versus one game out of another. The, the two-gamer has just a ridiculous, ridiculous edge. Double. I mean, you... It's hard to double up another player in all counting categories. So you know me, I'm going to add a game if I can do it, which means, you know, even if you've got someone who's not performing all that well right now, I think you probably just hang on to them through Friday, whatever that means. I mean, Clippers, like we talked about, they go Thursday, Friday, Lakers, Bucks, all these teams that go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Then if someone on those teams has been sort of crap in the bed for you, Pull the plug. I don't know. I mean, uh, who didn't have a good game? If you went with any of the Bucks wings as your streamer, they didn't have good games because Wesley Matthews, for some reason, got a bunch of extra playing time. If those guys continue to stink on Thursday and Friday, abandon ship on Saturday. But I just don't see a reason to do it earlier than that. Adding, You're not adding a game. You can use the move later after that guy and just find someone on the Saturday card that's even moderately worthwhile. Because even a bad game out of Grayson Allen plus a bad game out of, I don't know, Duncan Robinson or Matisse Thibel or or DeLon Wright or something, those two guys combined two kind of pedestrian mediocre games is probably going to be as good as or better then whatever guy you picked up on Friday, it's like, oh, you know, I don't know, two guys are in Dallas are out. I'm gonna pick up Reggie Bullock. Who do you, who's the magical guy that's gonna come along? I guess Paul George was the answer to that yesterday, but that ain't happening again this week. All right, quickly, recap of uh, of Tuesday night's card. It was a short one. Chicago beat Washington 107-94. We already talked about Alex Caruso. It's stream mode for Chicago, so no updates there on the Roto side. Washington, Sadoransky continues to start. He had 10 assists. He's a specialist on the Roto side, head-to-head, uh, whatever. We've talked at great length about the Wizards' schedule, so no real adjustments here. They've got the back-to-back. Uh, in terms of who you could actually use in a Roto League, I think it's Porzingis, Caldwell-Pope, and, uh, and probably Sadoransky, but again, that is very much the specialist appeal. Milwaukee had their big guns back, all of them actually, in this ballgame. Brooke Lopez... Uh, 29 minutes. I think I believe that's a season high for him. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, nearly triple doubled. Giannis was great, and they won by two. Brook Lopez uh, is a is a pretty key weapon for them to have. I know Joel Embiid can still kind of take him away from the bucket a little bit, but Embiid only had six free throws in that ball game, and that's a big deal because Harden's not always going to shoot that well. This is Philly on a pretty good offensive night, and they lost. That's power, Brook Lopez. He's still good. Still, you, oh man, I'm still salty about the Lakers letting him go all those years back. Brooke Lopez with LeBron and AD. Oh, my goodness. Ah, well. Pie in the sky. 
Uh, Buxer, again, this is a streamer mode team. Just, you know, you hope that the streaming guys are a little bit more effective in the next two. Same story for the Sixers. They had some streams also. If you picked up, uh, like, George Niang, he had nine points. That's three threes. That's not a total disaster. Danny Green, kind of the same thing. Matisse Thybul, two steals and a block. Relative disaster, I would say. I think if you go back into a non-marquee game, these teams are both going to have more out of their streamer guys. And on back-to-backs, you might see some key guys rest for these two teams. So don't don't freak out yet. Hope is not lost. Uh, LeBron James sounds like he's going to miss a few ball games here. The, uh, Frank Vogel's quote that this was just a massive hit to the Lakers' psyche. Yikes. So Malik Monk back into the starting lineup. He's going to be a monster here for the next little bit, however long that goes. Stanley Johnson was better, but I don't know that you can trust him on a game-to-game basis. Westbrook is probably going to have to do enough right now. And I thought you might get a better game out of Carmelo Anthony, but he was pretty quiet. So you know what? Go ahead and leave him alone. He just hasn't really found it. Uh, In a blowout, he was going to play less, obviously. And then Wenyan Gabriel got hurt, which kind of stinks. Because he'd actually been kind of good for the Lakers. Not so much from the fantasy side, but just kind of in general. I keep wanting to make a, a, a hard call on anything on that Dallas side. And it just, there isn't an obvious answer. Dinwiddie, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Brunson, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Bullock, sometimes good, sometimes bad. He was better in this one. Dwight Powell's been kind of consistently okay lately. I guess that's something. But Luka, this game was all Luka. What a huge performance. He's had a great second half of the season. Brooklyn came back, beat Detroit on the shoulders of Kevin Durant. He had a big ball game. Uh, All the other starters were startable, but none of them was all that great. But that's where you're at. Starters are startable. Streamers are streamable. Claxton still playing over LaMarcus Aldridge. Goran Dragic is a stream potentially with their decent head-to-head schedule. But a lot of this stuff, again, this was Tuesday information. Same story with Detroit. Killian Hayes was Tuesday information. Corey Joseph, Tuesday information. Kelly Olenek, Tuesday information. All these guys, even Braxton Key. This is all Tuesday stuff. It's too late to do anything about it now because none of these guys, I know Killian Hayes had a better game here, but none of those streamer guys are roto-streamable on the Detroit side. The same starters are startable in roto The same on both sides. And then the Clippers are floundering these days. I know they got Paul George back, and that's, you know, that's a good thing for them. He, he looked... Good. I mean, he looked good enough for a guy who hadn't played in quarter century. Uh, but Clippers, as other teams are starting to kind of ratchet it up and lock in a little bit, and the Clippers have been playing so hard all year, it's that New York Knicks-itis from last season. A team that plays above itself during the dog days because other teams are kind of floating, and the Clippers are just kind of getting exposed. It's not a reason to be embarrassed. They've been really good considering their lack of talent this year. But they're just going to get beat by better teams. That's just, I mean, Lakers without all of their stars, same thing, getting exposed. LA's in a tight spot right now. But again, you know, Wancho Hernan Gomez was someone we mentioned as a potential Utah schedule streamer, but not a roto-friendly guy. And it goes on like this. Same thing with the Clippers. You've got some schedule streamers mixed in there, but really outside of the usual suspects, you're probably not going for the Roto side. Also, I think I'd probably take Reggie Jackson off the board on the Roto side now that Paul George is back because the usage is now different for Reggie. He's not the orchestrator anymore. He's the shooter slash finisher, and we've seen with his percentages, that's a complete disaster. Ivica Zubats and Paul George might be the only Clippers you can actually rely on on a given night. 
Oh, uh, you know, Rob Covington should be in there as well. I know that this was not his world's biggest ball game, but I, I do think there's enough because he doesn't need shots to be hyper-effective. And I suppose we'd be remiss if not mentioning the fact that Isaiah Hardenstein has actually kind of overtaken Zubats in some way. It hasn't been... Argh. It hasn't been consistent enough where I can be like, oh, yes, this is a thing that has happened. But it does seem like it is happening where... Hardenstein now, uh, his last five games, 24, 25, 24, 23, 26, he's basically playing 24 minutes a game, so he's, he's effectively getting half of the center minutes, and his per-minute production is better than, uh, than Ivica Zubats. So maybe both is the answer to that question. So again, head-to-head side, pretty much everybody on the Clippers was in play. Not everybody, but pretty much everybody. If you look at the board... And I know Marcus Morris had a terrible ball game, and we already talked about Rocco having not a great ball game, and Batum is on this minutes limit, but the fact that they played so many games on non-overload days this week made them kind of an everybody thing. Paul George coming back does change the calculus for a lot of these dudes. Although I would have thought Luke Kennard would have been a guy that goes down in his totals, and then he had his best game in like two weeks, so go figure. Uh, Again... Head-to-head side with the Clippers, almost everybody's on the board. Roto side, Paul George, obviously. I don't think Reggie Jackson's in there anymore, like I already said. Covington, I think you can leave in there. And I know Reggie had the better game between those two guys, but look, it's, it's not about a one-game sample size for Roto. Can I use a games cap against them? And then Zubats and Hartenstein are probably okay on the Roto side. And if you're okay on the Roto side, you are okay on the head-to-head side. Uh... You just have to look at the schedule. So I hope that's how you guys have been interpreting what I've been saying for the better part of now, almost four weeks, which is basically, look, there are guys that are games cap usable, but they also have to fit your head-to-head schedule. It's a really weird part of the year right now where Roto and head-to-head, there isn't that, that Venn diagram element to it. Like for most of the season, if someone was good enough for your Roto games cap format, that just meant they were already good enough for your head-to-head. The head-to-head circle was a big circle, and the roto circle was actually inside of that on a Venn diagram, meaning everybody that I would use in a roto games cap format, I would also use in a head-to-head format on, you know, I'm not talking about drafting, because there are certain guys you would draft in each one, injury-prone guys you certainly would not draft in a head-to-head format. But if someone is healthy and you're like, oh, should I use them in a head-to-head format? Yes, okay. Should I use them in Roto? Maybe. But if it's the other way around, it's a yes. If you should use them on a Roto night, you should use them on a head-to-head night. In the playoffs, it's not the same. Because in the regular season, there are guys in the head-to-head side that maybe aren't you know, for Roto Games Cap, I'm looking for guys that are inside the top 100. That's my goal. And inside the top 115 would almost kind of be like a lower limit on that. I don't want to spend Games Cap value on a guy who posts a top 150 line. It's just not worthwhile. On the head-to-head side, if someone has a good schedule in a given week, they're, they are now head-to-head startable. You know, if somebody has a five-game week, but they're a top 145 guy, they're better than a guy with a three-game week who's a top 85 guy, top 75 guy. That type of thing doesn't come up so much on the Roto side. Obviously, you want the guy playing the better per-game numbers. In the playoffs, it doesn't work that way. 
because they're a decent roto player, someone who might get you a top 90 line, but if they only go three times in a given week, there's a guy out there who goes four times, maybe on non-overload days, you get two extra games, even if they're a top 130 player, they're better. So it doesn't have that if P then Q thing going on here in the postseason. Uh, that said, for a team that has a good head-to-head schedule, like the Clippers, if I tell you they're good to go in Roto, that also means they're good to go in head-to-head. You just need that if in there. We're doing math logic on today's podcast. That was actually a fun class. I took that class in college. You guys know I'm a very, very big nerd. It was actually under the philosophy department's control, but it was math logic. So it was all if P, then Q, you know, inverse, converse, contrapositive, all that stuff. I bet there's a handful of you listening to this podcast are like, oh, yeah, I love that stuff. And then there's about 99.9% of you listening going, oh, why, Dan? Why? I don't know. Because right now we're sprinting through shows in a half an hour because I know we've all got a lot of things to do and we want to set our lineups and tinker and whatever it is. And so it's just not time to do a 45, 50-minute show because rest of season, that's what we spend so much time on between October and February. Who has rest of season value? Roto, head-to-head, whatever. You're game planning. This is that moment. There's no game planning anymore. Everything is in the moment. Do I use Juancho Hernan Gomez for one game on Roto? No. Would I use him for head-to-head? Maybe. So everybody's got their own little story right now, and and we're in a sprint. Anyway, that's basically your show at this point. Please do continue to rate and review the podcast. I didn't look today to see if there was any more reviews that trickled in. I hope so. I'm just going to close my eyes and say I hope so. So thank you to everybody that continues to do that. I love you guys. You're the best. I, I... I, you know, I know there's a handful of you listening here that are relatively new, which remains the coolest damn thing ever. That just goes to show that the work that that I've been doing to try to get you guys, you know, slamming away on on social media. Some of you are coming over to the podcast, so come on in, give you guys a big hug all together. And now you can listen to my dumb voice all day long. <laughs> only a half an hour right now remember we've got shows all off season long drop that five star review st- uh, stick with us throughout the entire playoffs the off season whatever we're gonna have a wing ding here uh let's get uh let's let's uh let's have a good week let's do it what the hell is today wednesday i don't know man they all run together a little bit back tomorrow same deal thursday uh we'll have a bigger wednesday card to break down but we'll do the streaming stuff first you guys know what i'm gonna say on the streaming side Use the moves on Saturday. That's for day of. I got that question on Twitter, by the way. When, you, when you're talking, Dan, what, are you, what format are you talking about? In head-to-head, you really need to convince your commissioner, or if you're the commissioner, moves should be day of. It's way too hard, especially in the playoffs. I mean, you can get away with day before during the regular season because uh, moves the day before, it eliminates the advantage of folks that can stay up till 12.01 a.m., Pacific time, like people in Hawaii have a massive edge if you're doing day of because they only have to stay up till nine o'clock. The rest of us have children that are going to wake us up at six something and we're going to get smashed by trying to stay up too late. I can't do that anymore. I used to. I can't do it anymore. So I get it. And in all my Roto Leagues, it's all day before. So you can make moves at any point during the day, during the games, whatever you're seeing, it impacts the following day. Head to head playoffs in particular, you got to have it day of. So when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about day of moves. 
If there's a late scratch, you can actually do something about it. Now, if you're in a league that's day before, obviously, whatever I'm talking about for Saturday, you're doing it on Friday. I hope you guys could do that math in your head. Minus one day. <laughs> okay, for, for real now, have a great Wednesday. I'm Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today. Talk at you guys tomorrow. So long, everybody.